Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, hello. This is Faith Works Live. I'm so glad it does. This is Rebecca Haney, and uh, you are listening. I'm so glad you are. This is this is a big week. The Iowa caucuses, for, so from where we sit in our home in Iowa, the Iowa caucuses, uh, all that cycle is officially underway. That really means the U.S. presidential race uh, for 2024 is officially underway, and we were at the biggest place, the, this kickoff event, front row, the Family Leadership Summit, led by our friends at the uh, family leader here in Iowa, and they are internationally relevant. They've really been setting a great tone for what it looks like for Christians to engage well biblically in the realm of politics and civil leadership. The candidate forum, I think, got the most attention, but this is a whole big event that is seeking to engage in in many fronts, whether that's preachers, church leaders, your average everyday Joe and Jane citizen. How do we think biblically and how do we vote biblically? How do we engage biblically in the civic realm? And how do we counsel our leaders, our employees in our state, in our city, and in our nation? And how can we bring our nation back to a state of revival? I mean, all of those are major questions. I think that's the heart's cry for most of us listening from out here in the cheap seats. We, we talk about wanting our country back, but I think our country needs to turn back to God. As Ronald Reagan once said, if we ever forget that we're a nation under God, we will be a nation gone under. And I don't think that's any clearer than it is right now from where I sit when I look out the window. Um, But my prayers for my country are that God's people will stand up and be heard, that God's people will speak the truth in love and will refuse to be silent about the things that God says matter. I saw that this past weekend. So we'll get into the nitty gritty of the politics from the Iowa caucus cycle, but also some of the main messages that I heard loud and clear today from the Family Leadership Summit. And my escort was none other than the handsomest guy that I know, Matthew Haney. Yeah, I should say he's my husband and, and better half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't compliment all my guests that way. How are you, Matthew? I am doing good. I will give you your $20 later. Oh, goodness. I would settle for a fancy dinner and uh, having the dishes done, but that's (laughs) that's between you and me to figure out later. Overall, what did you think of this? I I thought it was a little different this year. Well, first of all, I mean, it was sold out. So any of the news media out there that would like to try to say that this wasn't a sold out event, uh, rest assured, this was beyond sold out. Uh, This was standing room only. Uh, so I it think was there a were well between two and 3,000 people there. Yeah, it was a well-attended event, for sure. 
I was one on the front row and I was also running around trying to catch candidates wherever I could. And that was it was a very busy day for me. I got in my steps. The overall tone, I thought, was pretty positive for the most part, that people are willing to engage. They want to engage. I guess the elephant in the room was the candidate that wasn't there. Correct. Donald Trump, who is, of course, polling number one, no matter where you and, look. And this was something was, that was decided he was not going to be there. And he was pretty he was insulting about it. This was something that was, well, I don't know if he was insulting, but I didn't hear his remarks about it. But I, I did notice something that was quite interesting, and that was you didn't see a lot of Trump hats here. You know, I did see some people that were decked out decked out with the hat, the tie, the, I mean, the whole nine yards, the Trump, Trump, Trump. You did see a couple of those, but I believe this time at the last election, you saw an overwhelming amount of that. I mean, at at the caucuses just last year, there were hundreds of Trump t-shirts and hats and things. I might have seen five or six. Yeah, they maybe people were disappointed, perhaps that he wasn't there. But I think that really lent more open stage time, uh, maybe a little more fresh air, a little more breathing room for the other candidates. And you got to take a nice, close look at uh, what they stand for. And that may be for better or worse, depending on who you were that day. I think Trump's comment on this six-week abortion ban uh, being too much really made a lot of evangelicals have to to make a decision. Mm. A lot of pro-Trump evangelicals had to make a decision between um, their beliefs and their, their moral beliefs and supporting a president that obviously is not in line with that moral belief. And I believe every Christian should only vote for candidates who are going to be pro-life. Mm-hmm. And right. being pro-life means that life begins at conception. Life begins when you when you hear that heartbeat. Right. I would go further to say life does begin at conception, but I'm okay with the when, you know, life uh, at the heartbeat. But Trump is saying that uh, the six-week or seven-week ban was too much. Mm-hmm. That conflicts with the fundamental morality that is life is precious and it must be protected. Right. And this was from a couple months ago that he's yes. uh, several months ago that he said this. I think it was in conjunction with uh, the bill that Ron DeSantis signed in Florida, yes. which is very similar to the one that my favorite part of the day was Kim, watching Kim Reynolds sign the heartbeat bill, which is a, a pro-life protection. It's a restriction on abortion Correct. here in the state of Iowa. And now that's going to immediately go to the Supreme Court. But it was a fun moment. All the legislators and the governor are doing their part, I will say. And so it was a great moment to be able to recognize that, no, we're going to stand courageously for life in Iowa and she deserves major props all it was wonderful to see a full stage of legislators standing there smiling ear to ear applauding for life in the state of Iowa and protecting life and that's a much earlier protection again life begins at conception and I'm never going to stop fighting for that ever ever I don't believe that this is at all where we would stop but as you said, I mean, Donald Trump has made some statements contrary to that, saying that's too much or too extreme. I'm hearing other candidates that talk more about like the 15 week legislation on the federal level, or they start equivocating saying, oh, well, this is a great, which is what I heard, I think, from Tim Scott and uh, Vivek Ramaswamy saying that this is a great victory because it's handled at the state level. And the states can decide what they want to do. And then when you ask them about a federal regulation, they end up talking more about, uh, say, like 15 weeks, because that's where the Dobbs decision from the U.S. Supreme Court came down. That's kind of the mixed messaging that I'm hearing. And I think we could actually do a lot better if we're going to stand for strong conservative choices. We should say life begins at conception and our laws should reflect that, that your rights begin when you do, period. That's one of the things that I wish Tucker had been a little bit more 
I guess, with that attack dog mentality with regards to a couple of our uh, candidates. At the very beginning of this summit, I mean, Tucker had no fear. He was going after these candidates. And I don't know if he was told to dial it down. If so, that was wrong. Nobody should have told him to dial it down. But he came back in after lunch was over, and his questions to Nikki Haley were softballs compared to everything else. It was a little different, he was. wasn't it? And <laughs> one of the issues that should have been asked, because this is a family leader event, and we already know for a fact that Nikki Haley has made it very clear her stance on abortion. So that is something that should have been pushed. We cannot allow Nikki Haley to get away with this. Well, I'm just thankful that my husband was given the chance to be born. Sure. Saying that I'm pro-life and that I'm happy that somebody was given the chance to be bo uh, born does not make me pro-life. Being pro-life is actively getting involved in the discussion, actively getting involved in the solution. And as a leader, she needs to be actively involved in the solution. And she's not. She's gone on record several times for saying that a federal abortion ban is unrealistic. It's not unrealistic. In fact, the Constitution protects life. The Constitution doesn't define life as being um, unborn or born. It just says it protects life, period. Mm -hmm. And so the Constitution protects life, which means a federal ban is realistic and should happen. And that just amazes me. I mean, you say you're pro-life, but yet you're not going to defend life. That That is something I don't understand. You know, I think Tucker should have gone after her for that because this is a family leader event and the evangelicals that were there mm -hmm. needed to know this. Well, and as someone who got to ask Minky Haley face-to-face -face about life at the CNN Town Hall, it's kind of one of the, that's my jam. Um, and I do not disagree. I think that uh, she does do that sort of state-by-state -state dance, which is what you're seeing from a lot of Republicans who are concerned about electability. And that's a word that you hear a lot, especially come caucus time, but uh, from the types of folks that tend to tell you oh well it's good it's all well and good to be conservative it's good to say you're pro-life but don't ask somebody what it looks like for example it's right. good to say you're pro-second amendment but what about red flag laws what does that actually look like you have to quantify when you say you can make all the slogans that you want but you have to be able to quantify what that looks like and back it up and i think that candidates like nikki haley need to be confronted on what that plan looks like if you're asking to, this is totally fair and right someone's asking you for your support to be the most powerful leader in right. the entire world, it's totally fair for you to ask them, what does your leadership look like? And I'm gonna need more than slogans. I'm gonna need a point by point description and evidence as well. And that's a huge point, which I'll return to here in just a second. Let's put a star by that one. Um, Cause we wanna look at people's experience and record. And I wonder what you think about how the average caucus voter is looking at experience. Another person that I think did really well, especially for being a fairly new face in Iowa, was Tim Scott. So he was in the morning session, and I heard a lot of people reflect positively on Tim Scott. So Tucker Carlson was moderating all of this, and by moderating, I mean going after them like a dog with the bones, at least in the morning. And so Tim Scott was first up on the hot seat, and I thought he did overall pretty well. Right. Here's probably his best answer or where he connected the best with the audience during uh, Tucker's questions. I believe America can do for anyone what she has done for me. We are living in a time. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> we are living in a time when there is this pervasive force, radical left, parts of corporate America, that continues to force this culture of grievance on the American people. 
And along with the culture of grievance comes this drug of victimhood, the narcotic of despair, that you can make a profit off of conflict. I want to stand in the gap and say the truth of my life disproves the lies of the radical forces that believe that we should be in constant conflict with each other. America needs positive, powerful, biblically sound leadership to regain the high ground. It's one of the reasons, it's one, it's one of the reasons why when I became a Christian September 22nd of 1983, I started reading the gospel and understood that I'm a part of a bigger family, that a guy who grew up in a single parent household, mired in poverty, who wanted to know who am I according to my father. I found in Galatians 3.28 that I'm actually adopted a joint heir in the family of God. And as part of that family, all things are possible. And there are forces in this nation that hates objective truth. Here's an objective truth. Two genders, one truth. You see, here's where we have to get to. We have to get to a place where we are willing to understand and appreciate the strong foundation on which we stand. And whomever doesn't like that, Count me as a force for the good of this nation. Count me as a guy who believes that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or imagine. And if you write a check and you don't like that, you can have your money back. Because I don't stand for donors. I don't stand for folks who contribute. I stand because there is a man who walked on this earth for 33 years who paid the ultimate price for our freedom. And if I'm going to do my job, my job is according to Matthew 25, 21, well done, my faith, good and faithful servant. That's the job I have. That's, that's the place I look for my support. If you play for an audience of one, it doesn't matter who makes the contributions. And frankly, I don't know those donors that you're talking about who are flocking to my campaign. I'm looking forward to them coming. <laughs> We should not be concerned about the donors. We should be thinking about a responsibility. My responsibility is to the bosses that I serve. As President of the United States, I will work for the people. Let me tell you what I'm running on, and this is really simple. If you take out a loan, you pay it back. Number one. Number two, my mother works 16 hours a day as a nurse's aide. She'd come home after changing bedpans and rolling patients, and she taught me one very valuable lesson. There is dignity in all work. Therefore, if you're able-bodied, you work. That's called America. Number three, if you commit a violent crime, you go to jail, period. Number four, men, should compete in sports against men. And number five, closing our southern border because of the national security risk that it poses is absolutely in America's best interest, period. And for those who don't like common sense conservative principles 
driven by the Judeo-Christian Foundation, choose another candidate. It's that simple. That's where I think Tim Scott does the, the strongest. He shines the brightest is on his uh, personal story. It's a very optimistic one. It looks at America as the still the land of opportunity, the land of hope, and it's, it flies directly in the face of the people who try to divide us by saying America is a terrible place, it's systemically racist, you know, no non-white American can ever get ahead. He contradicts that just by his biography. And I think the more that he talks about that, the more hopeful vision he casts, I think people are really intrigued by that and interested in that. Yes and no. I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly that his story is awesome. The problem is, is he talks about that story all the time. I've heard it a few times, yes. Yes. And, <laughs> and so at some point in time, we need to stop talking about yourself and let's start talking about the issues. So your first day okay, in office, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I love that your mama loved you. All right. My mama loved me too. Great. Okay. <laughs> Everyone and, loves a mama. Yes, exactly. Yes. And I believe the American dream is alive. So you're talking to people that already think that the American dream is alive. All right. So we're not going to argue with you. We like that. But I want to know what you're going to do on day one to keep America safe. I mm -hmm. want to know on day one what you're going to do to keep fentanyl on the other side of the border. I want to yes. know on day one what you're going to do to fix this human trafficking problem. Mm -hmm. I want to know on day one what you're going to do to preserve religious freedom. I want to know on day one what you're going to do to stop this censoring and this militization that the um, agencies at the federal level are doing to us at the, you know, at, at the state level and even in our homes. I mean, we can't go on Facebook and say that Fauci is a joke without being put in Facebook jail. Mm -hmm. I mean, this kind of censoring has to stop. What are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. And at some point in time, he needs to stop talking about himself and start talking about the issues, which is why I think at this event, he probably, you know, is going to go home with third um, ranking. You know, if we're going to rank this as, and who won, mm -hmm. you know, he's coming in third in my book. Yeah. I did get a chance to catch up with Tim Scott um, a little bit later on in the morning, and here's what he had to say. Senator Scott, yes, great to hear from you today. Thank you. Um, we're open about our faith, obviously, here, and you're very open about your faith as well. Absolutely. There seems to be a concerted effort, at least in the part of those in power now, yes. to say that people should not be taking their faith outside the church doors, that it shouldn't be part of our life. I wonder what your plan is to support uh, religious liberty and the promotion of free speech as well, but in particular those First Amendment freedoms for people of faith. Well, the good news is that the First Amendment is embedded into the consciousness of our country and frankly should be in the souls of individuals. We have the right and frankly the responsibility to exercise our First Amendment rights on the issues that we care most about. I can't think of something that we care more about than the foundation of this country, which is the Judeo-Christian Foundation. We should be shouting from the mountaintops that we are free to worship the God of our choice. That is actually rare on earth where that is a possibility. So by exercising that free will, by exercising that right, we actually encourage others to do it as well. So the more we do that, the better off we are. And frankly, as President of the United States, one of the things you will get from me is us reaffirming the right that you are free to worship wherever you want to, the God of your choice. And the good news is, is a guy who voted for three of the Supreme Court justices that continue to reinforce the fact that a coach can pray at the end of a game. We are in better shape because of the three Supreme Court justices that we have. So I would continue to fill our judiciary with conservatives who are actual folks who believe in what the word is written says and not adding to it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we're passionate about life on our show. Everybody knows that. That's why we exist to be a voice for the vulnerable. Um, our governor, Kim Reynolds, we're very excited that she's going to sign some landmark legislation yet again in Iowa. And I wonder what you think about that and what you think the federal role in protecting life looks like. Yeah, there's no doubt that we should all celebrate the success of Kim Reynolds in this state uh, on the issue of life. Creating the culture that protects life is something that the Dobbs decision put squarely in the hands of governors. And I'm so thankful once again that we had those three Supreme Court justices that made it possible. From my perspective, the first thing that we have to do as on the federal body as president of the United States is stop the radical left from having abortion on demand. The Senate Democrats have already voted that would allow for abortions up until the day of birth. Pushing back stopping that from happening would be the responsibility of the President of the United States. Okay. And, uh, sure. Well, I've seen uh, some major media polls that say they're Democratic strategists now. So the other side says Tim Scott might be a real threat against Joe Biden. And I just wondered what your response is to that. They're right. <laughs> so <laughs> a common sense conservative who loves everyone, who builds uh, a platform based on common sense principles, that work for America, works for Americans, is what we do. We do it because I was blessed with a miserable beginning. Mm. Being raised in a single parent household, mired in poverty, the one thing I can tell you about America is it works for all of us. So creating a platform where we could actually celebrate that is job number one. That's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I say, if you take out a loan, you pay it back. If you commit a violent crime, you go to jail. If you able-bodied, you work and men should play sports against men. These are issues that the vast majority of Americans agree with. And what we're gonna do is focus our attention on solving problems from a conservative perspective. And I hope to become the candidate of choice of all Americans. When did personal responsibility become controversial? You know what? I don't know, but I can tell you that it is for the radical left and the progressives in this nation. But we have a responsibility to tell the truth that you can go as high as your character, your talent mm -hmm. and your grit will take you. That's not true in the vast majority of the world. We are blessed with the most advanced, remarkable citizenship. And it's our responsibility to protect that. I love Tim Scott, Yeah, but I'm hearing the same things, and I want to mm -hmm. hear what he wants to do about it. Now it's time issue. to get into the meat. So Correct. this is kind of like, for I would say for Tim Scott, he's been testing the waters. He's been going yes. around. He's been doing a lot of events with preachers, with church leaders, right? This is his base. He's really courting the evangelical vote. I think he's very at home there. Yep. He drops a lot of Bible references. He loves to, he has that kind of cadence Correct. when he gets up. He was the candidate that was moving around yes. stage. He was yes. trying to work the crowd like a preacher would. I mean, all that's well and good if it's genuine. Correct. And that's what I want to see is, is is he putting on a show or is this really who he is? And so this is his debutante ball, yes. as it were. And, and, and he might be the best candidate of all of them out there. But the, it comes down to that question. Is he genuine? And when you talk about yourself so often, so many times, sometimes you come off as being disingenuous. And then the other issue is what is he going to do on day one? Right. What's your plan? And that's usually where people go in and and do like your detailed breakdown on the website. And you can do videos that Correct. describe, here's my border plan in two minutes or less. That kind of thing where the specifics, and, and actually I think another 
candidate that we'll get to, Vivek Ramaswamy, does a lot of those specifics really well. Yes, he does. He's done a ton of research, even though he's not an elected official. And so I think he really impressed, Vivek really impressed people about the specificity of his vision. But he impressed me at the Faith and Freedom Coalition. I Mm -hmm. thought he won that Faith and Freedom Coalition, uh, not quite hands down, but close to hands down. I mean, he's- A couple months back. Yes. I mean, he's impressed me. He's he's number two on my list. He would get the silver. Ooh, okay. So now we're dropping teasers. That's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear who everyone wants to know rankings and who wins, you know, winners and losers. That's yes. what we're doing. All of these things subject to change right. <laughs> and time stamped for a reason. I had a great time at this event. I thought they did a really good job. I they think Tim did. Scott went uh, went over really well. So he was number one. And then number two was Asa Hutchinson. This is in order, not not in, in order of prominence. Um, and uh, so he was up next on Tucker's hot seat. And oh boy, oh boy. I don't even, I don't know if, if he could see straight by the time he was done with that shellacking. That was, that was uncomfortable. And I don't have a really a lot to say about this. No. I, I will admit, um, towards the beginning of this, I got up and, and left um, and decided that I would uh, check on our table, the Vergard table. And uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't have any time to listen to somebody who is a Democrat uh, wearing Republican colors. So, Ooh. so why do you, let's, let's tell people real quick why we say that. Um, I, the only reason I knew the name Asa Hutchinson was not because he had uh, launched a quixotic campaign for president with no realistic path to the White House. Um, not that I, I mean, I've supported candidates that really didn't have a shot either just because I believed in them in the past. So that's not that's kind of my jam. Um, but uh, I knew his name because the fine people of Arkansas had passed through the legislature a protection bill for minors who are gender confused, who said, uh, no, in the state of Arkansas, we're not going to mutilate our children. Thank you very much. We're going to protect them from um, gender uh, confusion, from gender distortion, and we're not going to allow you to uh, mutilate or castrate our children here. And he, as a Republican governor, vetoed that. Yeah. And Tucker asked him about that on stage, and well, he should, and I think everybody took note. So And booed. Herein and they good. His response. Yes. yes. <laughs> and herein endeth uh, the Hutchinson campaign. Another campaign that went surprisingly sideways, <laughs> we shall say, was up next, and that was Vice President Mike Pence. This one, this one, I'm not sure I saw coming. I'll be quite honest. Um, in fact, why don't we take a bit of a break? For those who haven't seen this, just strap in. <laughs> this is going to be a bumpy ride. We'll cover um, all the rest of the upcoming candidates uh, up next in the hot seat as Vice President Mike Pence. And we'll let you hear a little bit of uh, how Tucker Carlson volleyed back and um, then kind of the future for the rest of the candidates, as well as our rankings for breaking down all the big names at the Family Leadership Summit. You're listening to Rebecca Haney, to the illustrious Matthew Haney, and uh, our opinions. Let us know your opinions, too, especially if you were there. Uh, We'd love to hear what you think, whether or not you agree or disagree. Let us know your feedback, too, in the, the notes or the comments for this section, or just connect with me, Rebecca Haney. This is FaithWorks Live. We'll be right back. 
There's no better time than now to stand for life. And you can stand with Iowa's original pro-life organization, Pulse for Life. They're the longest standing nonprofit pro-life organization in Iowa, and they're dedicated to informing, educating, and inspiring a new generation to value the sanctity of all human life from fertilization until natural death. They serve at the state house. They educate in classrooms at events. They proudly serve on the coalition of pro-life leaders. They are on the front lines of the battle against this throwaway culture of death that we see all around us, and we are winning ground. Hearts and minds are changing, and the pro-life movement is continuing to grow. And you can be a part of the exciting things that are happening right here in our own backyard at pulseforlife.org and get your finger on the pro-life pulse. Sign up for their newsletter, find ways that you can make a difference, and how you can change hearts and minds with their pro-life apologetics course, pulseforlife.org.